We continue today in this series that I'm calling Teach Us to Pray, and we're learning from the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus gave us in Matthew chapter 6, and, and I think you've seen that we've used it in lots of different ways. We have sung it today as a group of Christians coming together for worship. Lots of us have set alarms, maybe at 8.30 in the morning, maybe at another time in which we've prayed the Lord's Prayer, sort of together, though we're in different places. We've repeated it on our own, and then we've taken this prayer also, learning from it, and then that allows us to use it as a model to pray what's going on in our hearts, in our lives, in our experiences, and our needs. So Jesus is teaching us, 2,000 years after he gave this prayer, what it means to pray to God. And I'm hoping that you're deepening your relationship with God, you're understanding what prayer is about in a better way, maybe understanding who God is in a better way as well. So today we continue to study this prayer, and as we come to really what is the third verse in this prayer, so it begins in verse 9, and then we studied verse 10 last Sunday, we come to verse 11, and it changes in tone just slightly, because we have these things that are directed in some ways about who God is and, and what He's doing, to our petitions to God that God would then do something for us. Now, when we say to God that we want him to do something, we're admitting that we have a need. And in some ways, we're not fully comfortable with that because that says something is lacking in me, that I'm unable to do something. And the truth is, we want to provide for our own needs. And in fact, we do that, right? I mean, most of us today are not really worried about whether there's enough food for lunch today. In fact, the last 10 minutes, you might have been thinking about what you're going to have for lunch, right? And so you got to plan for that. You're going to eat out. You're going to go home. You're going to cook this. You probably know what you're going to have for supper, too. All that stuff is sort of there. Maybe it's not the thing that you want the most, but you know what you're going to eat. Maybe lots of us have been through times in our lives when we had to make that grocery budget stretch further than we wanted to. We couldn't get the things that we wanted, but we weren't really worried about whether we would have enough food for ourselves, our spouses, our kids, or our parents, or whoever lives with you. In our culture, most of us are confident about that. And that makes us feel pretty good. We sort of feel like we've accomplished that, right? I mean, we work hard, we get a paycheck, we take care of those needs. And in fact, we live in a culture in which we talk about IRAs and 401ks and CDs and money markets and stocks and bonds, all those things that are available to us to, what, to plan for the future. And those are not bad things. And in fact, if you read the book of Proverbs, you'll see the writer talking about preparing for the future. So that's a good thing. But... What that does is it makes us feel really secure in what we have. So much of that becomes about what I've achieved. And in fact, having money in the bank makes us feel good, right? Because we feel like, okay, I can handle what comes my way. I'm going to be able to deal with whatever it is, all right? So that's a good feeling. But then when Jesus comes to us and he says, this is what you should pray, maybe we get a little uncomfortable. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. Maybe you've memorized some of this over the past few weeks. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory 
forever. Amen. Today we come to verse 11 where Jesus says, Give us today our daily bread. Now that seems pretty straightforward. It seems like we understand that. But the truth is, the people who translate our Bibles for us into English have a little trouble with that phrase. And then the ones who interpret it have trouble with it as well. Why is that? Well, let's back up a little bit to the process of translation. Translation is not always easy, right? You go from one language, one way of thinking to another way of thinking. Sometimes it's not just a word for word equivalent, especially when you put phrases together. And, and a lot of translation work is done by comparing, okay, this is our New Testament. This word is used lots of times in the New Testament. We compare the way that those words are used over and over, figure out what it means. Now, there's lots of words in the New Testament that are used sparingly, or maybe even only once. So the translators will compare that word, the way it's used in the Bible, to the way that it's used out in the culture, because we have lots of writing from ancient Greek. And so we can compare the way it was used there, and probably the biblical writers used it in a similar way. And we might say, okay, well, if the Bible was written in Greek, Greek's still used, so why don't we just figure that out from there? Well... It's changed a little in 2,000 years, right? Just like English from the time of Shakespeare just 400 years ago, it's changed dramatically in that amount of time, so it's not that easy. Then you add to it to the fact that Jesus was speaking a language called Aramaic that the gospel writers bring over into Greek, and then we've got to translate 2,000 years later into English. Here's the thing about this phrase. Give us today our daily bread. That phrase that's translated daily bread is used nowhere else in the Bible, okay? That Greek phrase shows up nowhere else in the New Testament. In fact, that Greek phrase shows up nowhere else in all the ancient Greek literature that we have. It is never put together. So the people who are trying to figure out what our ancient Bible has to say get a little stumped about exactly what Jesus was trying to communicate. Literally, it's something like, give us bread for the coming day. That's about as literal as it gets there, okay? But the people who work seriously on this stuff have said, well, maybe that just means just bread for today, or, or maybe it means something to do with communion because the early church talked about the breaking of bread as a way to refer to what we're going to do in a few minutes, which is to have the bread and the wine that remember Jesus. Jesus himself talked about himself as the bread of life. So some people have said, maybe Jesus is saying, God, give us enough of me that it lasts us through the day. Now, for me, it makes the most sense to take it just as straightforward as possible that it would mean something like, give us the bread for today. So if I prayed this in the morning, I would be praying that God would provide what I need, what my family needs for this day in terms of our food. Or if I prayed it in the evening, I'd be praying for enough food for the next day. The thing is, we as 21st century Americans don't relate very well to that, do we? Because most of us are not that concerned about bread for today. In fact, I don't want to pray for bread for today. I don't want to be in a position where I'm worried about what I'm going to eat and what my family are going to eat today. 
Matter of fact, I want to know that we've got enough food for a week. We got a freezer, right? We can put food in there, a refrigerator, a pantry. I want that full of food so we're not worried about it. We, we live in a world where we have those things. Now, sometimes that breaks the bank, right? I went to Walmart yesterday with a list, okay? Stuck to the list. $193 by the time I got laundry detergent, dishwasher detergent, toilet paper, paper towels. It was nothing exciting at all, okay? But we want to be able to get those things that we need for ourselves, for our family, without worrying about it. And yet Jesus says, give us today our daily bread. But Jesus was talking to a group of people, most of whom, almost all, would probably have worked for the day and received their wage for that day at the end of the day. And they did that because you, you were just employed for today, because tomorrow you might go to the well where everyone gathered or the town gate where other people gathered and, and the people who needed workers would come and just pick and choose and you were hired for that day. You got paid for that day. You might work for that guy tomorrow. You might not. He may not need anyone tomorrow. You may work for someone else. So you settled up at the end of every day. In a world without really much banking like we think about it, in a world without freezers and refrigerators, without preservatives, then you were dependent on making enough today to provide food for your family for tomorrow, and that wasn't going to last a lot longer. So they knew what Jesus meant when he said, give us today bread for the next day. They were dependent on God to provide for the food they needed right then. I don't want that. And yet, when Jesus said, this is how you pray, he didn't say, give us today food for this week. He didn't say, give us today food for this month. He said, give us today food for today. And so when Jesus prayed that, and when Jesus teaches us to pray that, He's reminding us that in prayer, we are acknowledging that we're dependent on God. We might put it this way, in prayer, we admit our need for God. But the problem is, we don't want to need God, do we? We want to provide for ourselves. We want the security, the feeling that we are in control that says there's money in the bank for food and the house payment or rent and the car payment and insurance. We want to be able to say it's covered. And Jesus is saying when we go to God in prayer, part of what we're saying is we are not in control. And that makes us uncomfortable. It makes us feel a lot less secure. We don't like that. So what is this prayer saying to us today? In a world where, in a country where, not a world, but a country where lots of us are not really that worried about whether there's enough food to eat for today, what does this say to us? Well, I think it speaks to us in several different ways and, and, and reminds us part of what prayer is, who God is, and what our relationship with God is. And part of what this says is, part of prayer should be thanksgiving. 
Because it's God who has provided our food. Now, again, we want to feel like I've worked hard, maybe got an education, got a job. I provide for my family. But what a part of what this prayer is reminding us is who gave you the ability to work, the opportunity to get the education, and the job that you do, and the help that allows you to continue to do it? Where does that come from? Not me. It comes from God. And if you've ever been without one of those things, you know what a big deal this is. If you've ever been sick so you couldn't work, but ever been without work, those are uncomfortable feelings. It feels out of control. It feels like you are not in a secure position. And so Jesus is reminding us this comes from God. We are admitting our need for God. So maybe what we are praying for is not bread for today, but a job that allows us to provide for our families. And we're giving thanks to God that he's done just that. He's given us what we need. And this prayer reminds us of something that we also don't like to think about. That life is tenuous. You know, you think about it, those people that Jesus was speaking to when he, when he gave this. I mean, they were dependent on being paid today to buy food for tomorrow. And most of them knew that the people in their village or their town and the surrounding villages were one crop failure from starvation or near starvation. They knew that life was tenuous. And when we pray for daily bread... In some ways, we are reminding us of just how tenuous life is. That we are one car accident, one diagnosis away from life, slipping away from us or someone we love. Now, as Christians, we don't need to be sitting around afraid of death. We're not concerned about what happens when we die. We can be confident that we will be in the presence of Jesus, in the presence of God, doing what we've gathered today to do, to worship. We'll spend eternity praising God. So it's not that we're concerned about death, but we recognize that God has also given us this life. This life is a gift that we share with one another and with our families. And so we're called to use this life for something, and it can disappear so quickly. And in fact, one day we will be able, unable to provide for the needs we have. Because of injury or disease or age, our bodies will no longer be able to support themselves. It will happen to every one of us. Life is tenuous. And this prayer reminds us that we are dependent on God for the very life that he gave us. When we pray, pray that God would provide for us the bread we need, we are saying, God, our lives are dependent on you. And when we pray for daily bread, it's interesting that Jesus words it in the plural, right? Give us this day our daily bread. This prayer is designed to be prayed together. We can certainly pray it on our own, but the way Jesus delivered it, we are saying together, God, give us this day our daily bread. And we are saying, God, provide for the needs, not just for me, but for all these people who are gathered with me. And what would we do? What if, what if we were in a situation where 
we knew that there were people in the room who had daily bread, and there were people in the room who were not going to have daily bread. Do those who have it sort of say, like James says, well, to everyone else, be warm and well-fed. Hope that works out for you. Or is part of what Jesus is saying, if we've got daily bread and others don't, maybe we should provide for those who don't. You know, the truth is, we're praying this prayer, give us today our daily bread We're praying that prayer with Christians who have gathered for worship around the globe, just like we we sang with those in Tibet this morning. Around the globe, and some of them have plenty, and some of them do not. And so when we pray with them, God, give us today our daily bread, maybe part of what we're praying is, God, show us how we can help provide for our brothers and sisters who don't have daily bread. Now, we know that no one of us, not even our church, can solve all those problems out there. So we can't provide daily bread for everybody in need. But you know what? We can provide daily bread for someone in need. And so part of what we're praying is, God, give us today our daily bread. And if there's someone in need, show us so that we can help. Because most of us have more than we need. And when Jesus gave this prayer and encouraged us to pray it, he is calling us to acknowledge some things that we just really don't want to acknowledge. First of all, that we're dependent on God. And that we don't have everything we need under our control. I am not in control. I am dependent on God for daily bread. Second, that life really is tenuous. And third, I have some responsibilities to the people around me who do not have daily bread. And that makes it, makes it a little hard to pray this prayer. And yet here's Jesus saying to us, and maybe you're doing this every day, God, give us today our daily bread. And in that, admit your need for God. Let's pray together. God, we want to be in control. We want to be secure. We don't have to want to worry about food or anything else we need. And so, God, we come to you today asking that you will humble us, but also thanking us that you provided for us, thanking you for the gift of life itself, and asking that you will make our lives continue. And God, we come before you asking that you, you will show us where you need us to help, us help the people around us. God, we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.